I'm Jody Nisnik, and you're listening to So Much More. In John 16, 12, Jesus stated, there is so much more I want to tell you. He then pointed to the spirit as the one who would come, who would further his teaching by bringing his word to life for us. So much more creates space for God to reveal his truth through his word. Today, I'm excited to have Pastor Trey Grant with me as we have a conversation around Matthew 11, verses 25 through 30, and what the Lord is teaching him. Trey is a graduate of Hampton University, and he has a master's of religion from Redeemer Theological Seminary. He is currently the lead pastor of the Well Church in Keller, Texas, which is an intentionally diverse community seeking to worship Jesus together as a family. Well, welcome, Trey. I'm really delighted to have you with me today. Thank you, Jody. It's, it's an honor to be here today. Thank you for reaching out and allowing me to be a part of this. Yeah, well, I'm excited to have this conversation with you. So tell us a little bit more about who you are. Let us get to know you a little bit. Sure. I am uh, the husband of Alice Grant. Uh, We have been uh, married for 14 years, which is a really, really big deal uh, for me and for her. Um, We have two children. Uh, Our son, Mason, is is 10, um, and he is just the joy of my life. And I love just watching him grow up, and and, um, uh, he is very, very special. Uh, Our daughter, Hannah, is seven, who is also the joy of my life. She's uh, just growing up fast. Uh, just yesterday, I was picking her up and just said, you know what? It's probably time for me to stop trying to pick you up because you're, you're getting big. You're getting big. So um, <laughs> they, are, they are sweet um, and, and bring a lot of joy to our life. We talked a little bit about our, uh, our church in Keller, which we planted uh, about seven years ago, almost seven years ago. And uh, God has been so faithful to us mm-hmm. over those le- uh, seven years, just just helping us uh, build this church and do the work that He's called us to do. And so, um, life is life is good. Life is great. I'm, I'm blessed for sure. Mm, I love to hear that. Well, hopefully, we can uh, talk a little bit more about the church as we move along in this conversation. Um, but before we dive into the conversation, I do want to remind us a little bit of the passage that we read and meditated on in the last podcast. So let me read it for us. It's Matthew 11, 25 through 30. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
So there's so much to love about this passage. We did it as electio, asking the Lord to draw our attention to a particular word or phrase. So Trey, walk us through a little bit of that process for uh, what what was your time with the Lord like? What did He draw your attention to? Well, it was it was beautiful. I mean, I, I love um, just uh, in the mornings. I, I have this time where I um, light a little incense, uh, a little frankincense. And um, just spend time in the presence of the Lord in prayer and reading through scripture. And uh, what I love about uh, incense is, you know, as the smoke is going up, I mean, even back, you know, in the temple days, uh, in Frank, frankincense played such a significant part in uh, just the, the everyday life of, of God's people and how the smoke going up was a reminder how our prayers go up to God and he hears our prayers. And so, uh, this morning, just in my quiet time, I was just asking God to give me wisdom and clarity on this text um, and, and relate it to what I'm going through in life. I think the beautiful thing about scripture is it's living, you know, in the sense of whatever you're going through, God has the supernatural ability to take it and to connect it to um, our lives and what we're dealing with. And so as I was reading the text, um, there are two things that kind of stuck out to me. Um, the, the, the first thing was just this concept of, of, of Jesus, um, praising the Lord, um, for, for, for his word and, and for his presence and how he even hides his word, um, and, and reveals it to children, little children or infants. And it, it drew me to just a few verses up, um, further up in, in verse 11, where Jesus is talking about this generation. You know, in verse 16, he's 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 um, he's talking about the generation of people that he's engaging with. And he says there um, to what should I compare this generation? It's like little children um, who are sitting in the marketplace and who are calling out to the other children. Hey, uh, I played the flute for you, but you didn't dance. I sang a song of lament, but you're not lamenting in the sense that. Um, you know, I am here for you. I'm doing these things for you. I want to carry your burden, but you're trying to carry your burden on your own. And I desire to be your burden bearer. And I couldn't help but think about my life. You know, there's a lot going on with me and my family right now. We're mm -hmm. renovating our church and uh, the renovation process we thought would take a, a month or two, but has kind of ballooned into five or six months of, of these renovations and uh, even in our house, we're, we're, um, we had a leak. And so um, they had to pull up the floors and a portion of the walls and just a lot going on right now in my life. And, and I'm trying to, when I'm not careful in my weakest moments, I'm trying to, to figure it out. I'm carrying the burden on my own, you know? Um, I'm, I'm leaning on my own understanding. And in, mo in moments, I'm like, I don't know what we're going to do, you know? And I'm reminded of God's text, just reminding us in Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Don't try to carry the burdens on your own. Uh, acknowledge me and I will give you, you know, I will um, make your path straight. And so even in this text, um, uh, Jesus is saying um, in verse 28, come to me, you know, come to me. You don't have to carry your burdens on your own. Um, you don't have to try to figure it out. You don't have to lean on your own understanding. Come to me. All of you who are weary and and burdened, and um, I'll give you rest. I'll 
Um, I'll, I'll relieve you. I'll relieve you of your toil. I'll, I'll take it on for you. Mm-hmm. Um, because my yoke is, uh, t- take up my yoke and learn from me because um, I am lowly and humble and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden um, is, is light. And I think of this concept of, of, of yoke, you know, a yoke, I think the Greek word is, um, is, is, um, is zygos there, but it's, it's, it's basically this, this frame that's used, um, to, to kind of control animals, um, as they work. Uh, but the, the main concept there, I think, is this idea that it, uh, this, this bird, this yoke mm-hmm. expedites the, the burden, uh, the, the bearing of burdens, you know? And uh, Jesus desires to carry our burdens, to, to, to take on this yoke with us and to, um, to help us carry our burdens. You know, just, um, just less than a week ago, I, um, I um, buried my, we buried my aunt. And, um, you know, I, I preached her eulogy. Uh, but the thing I was most nervous about was being a pallbearer. Um, you know, carrying the, mm. you know, the, the body uh, because I've been having these back problems and I could just imagine myself trying to carry this, yeah. this, you know, trying to carry um, her along with, you know, the, the other pallbearers and me injuring my back or something like that. And so I was more nervous about being a pallbearer than I was about sharing her, you know, preaching her eulogy. Um, and so um, when the ceremony was over and it was time for us to um, carry her body out. I remember just being nervous. Um, but when I got up there, it was light because there were these other people who were helping mm. a, a lot stronger than me, in fact, who were helping to carry, mm. you know, and, and so it was light for me. And That's so good. I connect that even to um, Jesus's desire to to carry our burdens. And we're nervous about it. We're afraid of it, you know, whatever it is we're dealing with. But if we just come to him, um, he will carry our burdens uh, and, and help us in those moments. Yeah. It's such a good illustration that you gave us because we're not really, I mean, we've seen probably pictures of yokes and, you know, it ties these two very powerful animals or more animals together so that they can collaborate and work together. But I love the illustration you just gave because I think it's much more um, relatable for us who aren't living in an agrarian culture. Right. Yeah, we we're we're it's important work. You lifting and carrying your aunt is so symbolic of, you know, helping transport her. Of course, she's already with Jesus. Right. Um, but you know, I mean, there's just something so beautiful and symbolic about the the family gathering together to do that. And um, and it feels like, yeah, that's what Jesus is doing for us. He's saying, I've got you. We're in this together. You're not, you are not having to do this work alone. You would not be able to pick up that, you know, whole coffin all by yourself. That would have been impossible Impossible. um, and a disaster. And yet with many people and Jesus is so much stronger, (laughs) you know? So yes, that's a beautiful illustration. Thank you for sharing that, Trey. Sure. You know, the other thing that you shared way back at the very beginning about the lighting of incense and just letting your, um, awakening your senses almost to what you're getting ready to do and spending time with the Lord. Um, I love that. I was, I've been reading a lot about 
prayer and um, spend, you know, drawing away to spend time with the Lord and entering into a, a prayer closet, so to speak, where we're just undivided in our attention for the Lord. And that really was, I love that. I know some people like to light a candle or just some sort of symbolic, like I'm setting this space aside. And that just helps us, our senses, our body enter in to that experience. Um, it's not just our mind, it's everything around us. So yeah, thank you for sharing that as well. Sure. Tell me about, was there a specific word or phrase that really stood out to you even above all the other ones? Yeah, I'd say um, little children, mm. you know, even this, this concept of, of um, you know, just coming to him as a, as a child and how there's, um, you know, I think it talks about the, the smart and the intellectual, you know, that's not his, his focus. His focus is the, the little child, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, coming to him as a little child, my, my children, when they need me, yeah, um, they scream my name, daddy, and I run to them, you know? And, um, I, I feel like oftentimes even in prayer, we feel like we have to, you know, pray this fancy, these fancy prayers that are, you know, verbally fancy and, and sound great for to the ear. But oftentimes um, we just have to call out to our daddy, you know, and, yeah. and uh, share with him how we're really feeling in that moment. Um, and, and honest, you know, being honest with him and, and he, he draws near to us in those moments and he hears our prayers. He hears our groaning he he interprets our groanings. Um, you know, my daughter is um, the princess of, of groanings. Like she, <laughs> she's got a groan for every emotion she has. You know? um, and I've learned to kind of interpret them like, oh, she's hungry or she's about to be, she's about to be hangry. You know, I can interpret her, her groanings, but even, but Jesus um, mm-hmm. is our interpreter and he interprets our groanings and, and understands yeah. even our groanings. Um, and, and I think there's there's beauty in just going to him, uh, going to the Father in, in prayer yeah. and a raw emotion. So good. Yeah, I think, you know, the, he's hidden these things from the wise and learned. And you think, well, gosh, when we think we've got it all figured out, we don't actually think we need God anymore. When we, when we were kind of too smart for our own good, yeah. that's actually a hindrance to... Yeah kind of breaking down that barrier and just coming to the Lord and saying, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to do right now. So tell me a little bit more about that. How did that really apply to your life right now? Yeah. I mean, I I go back to um, Proverbs, this idea of trust in the Lord with all of your heart Mm -hmm. and lean not on your own understanding. You know, we want to lean on our own understanding. We want to lean on what's wise to us, what's um, and what sounds in, or seems intelligent to us, um, you know, in my life, you know, as I'm dealing with just the, you know, the, the, it seems like there's a lot of sickness and death around me, um, you know, not just in my family, but even in our, our church family, um, in our neighborhood. You know, we've got just got a text mes- message this morning from a, 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 one of our neighbors that, you know, there's, there's some sickness in, in, in their family. And, um, you know, it's, it's so easy in those moments to just kind of lean on my own understanding, like what, what is happening? Why to try to make sense of it on my own, right. you know? 
And um, I'm just reminded um, in those moments, the importance of, of just coming, coming to Jesus, going to Jesus and, and getting his perspective of prayer uh, that I pray every morning. Um, and it's kind of a, it's, it's a prayer and a meditation, but it's this idea of I give everything and everyone to you, mm-hmm. Jesus. Um, not only do I say it, but I visualize myself and go through the process of saying, okay, the church, I'm giving it to you. Um, my house, I'm giving it to you. My family, uh, I'm giving it to you. This current situation, uh, I'm, I'm giving it to you to bear because I can't bear it on my own. I can't carry it on my own. Uh, and that's, that's been just so freeing to me to just pray that prayer. Um, and to meditate, to, to, to linger in it, you know, not just to say the words, but to, to linger in it and allow myself to, to do what it is that I'm saying. I'm, I give everyone and everything to you yeah. and the peace that it gives me, the, the, the rest, you know, when I do that before bed, I'm able to rest well at night because I've given it all. I've cast my cares onto him, you know, and, it's a, it's a beautiful, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I think this text is just a, another reminder of the importance of uh, resting in, resting our souls in him and allowing him to, to, to take on our burden Yeah, because when we do so, it becomes light. I love that practice that you're doing. And I think, especially as someone who's leading a church and feels that weight of responsibility it's so critical to be able to open your hands and let him have it. And I imagine it's something like you said, you, you do it every single morning because, and probably every night, you know, because somewhere somewhere along the way, we start to close our hands again and we start to, you know, try to carry it on our own. Um, I'm curious to talk a little bit more about leading the church. And you've been doing this for seven years. You were in ministry um, before then, which is actually where we met um, because we got to actually work alongside each other for a short season, which was wonderful. Um, How, tell us a little bit about the church, the vision God's given you for this particular church in this community. Sure. So um, as, as you read, we are a, um, at the beginning, you, you mentioned we are a Christ-centered, um, intentionally diverse um, uh, church. Um, and um, it's, it's something, just this idea of being Christ-centered and intentionally diverse is something that God has been just, um, just putting in my heart, me and my wife's heart, from um, the beginning of our marriage, you know, as we engaged uh, with different churches and had these different experiences at different churches, which is, um, you know, some predominantly black churches, some predominantly white churches, just this idea of um, how beautiful would it be um, to be a part of a church that was um, intentionally diverse. You know, most of the um, statistics say that um, back then, I think it was 92% of churches are homogenous. Um, today, I think it's closer to 82%, um, 82, 83% of churches in America are homogenous. They're um, either predominantly, you know, all white churches or all black churches or all Latino churches or all Asian churches. And 
Um, you know, with that comes political beliefs and, you know, all these things that kind of separate, have a tendency to separate us. But we um, began about eight years ago, just this, this, this mindset of, of what if church was not a place that was segregated, but a place where people could come together of different ethnicities, different beliefs, uh, th- even theological beliefs, even um, political differences and be able to come to put those things down for the sake of the gospel of Jesus and come together and worship together and work together and live together. Uh, because it's then where we can begin to realize how similar we are, um, but also tear down the wall of hostility as Paul talks about in Ephesians and, and become this, um, this, this, this one new humanity that I believe God's called us to be. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with you. It's a, challenging. It's been a challenging season where it has the divisiveness of our culture has just risen to the surface and it's just right there now. Has that, have you noticed that and its impact on the church and how have you navigated through some of that? Yeah. I mean, I I definitely noticed it. I think we are, not only are we an intentionally diverse church, uh, but we are a, a a socially conscious, I like to say, church in the sense of we want to address the issues of our country, you know, from a biblical perspective. We want to, um, we don't want Fox or CNN or MSNBC to be where people get their perspective from. We want them to be able to come um, to church and, and be around God's people and get a, a biblical perspective on what's happening around uh, around us and, and in our country and our world. And so, um, you know, we discuss and, and address and deal with the issues that are, are, are happening and have happened in our country. And, and oftentimes, uh, because we live in such a racialized and politicized country, um, we want to kind of, we feel like we have to take sides, um, politically or racially even. Um, when it comes to the issues of this this world, but but we forget that um, we shouldn't see the world through a political lens. Um, we should see the world through a biblical lens. And if we go to the text and to the scripture, um, and and dig and study and 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 seek God's presence and His His will for our lives and His call to love those um, who are different than us. Um, and I think it will will change it will change our perspective naturally change our perspective and so um, and so that's I think that's the work of the church. Um, oftentimes churches aren't aren't really willing to engage in this conversation and are silent on the issues of our day because of what it costs. Um, you know, but um, we from the very beginning desire to be, and I believe we are a church that. Um, does not count the cost in that way. If, if God desires for, um, you know, people to leave our church because of, um, us preaching what we believe to be the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, you know, then we pray that their time with us has been challenging to them and will, you know, um, sow a seed in their heart that, that the Lord will allow to grow. Um, and so, um, it's been, you know, it's been a, a difficult process for sure. Uh, but it's been a very freeing process. I think it's it's been freeing to me and to our people to know that um, I don't have to um, 
succumb to the, um, you know, the left or the right or, you know, the, the swaying of our, our country in a certain direction. But I can I can be faithful to the scriptures, love my neighbor and see the world from a slightly different perspective. Yeah. And I imagine that that's even where this a passage like this just comes in and bolsters you come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest because that is wearying work. It's no burdensome work to, to continue to have to have difficult conversation after difficult conversation. It wears on the soul. And um, which I think is why some churches aren't actually able to do it. There's just not, maybe there's a desire there, but there's just not even support or, or margin for that. And so, um, yeah, I imagine that it has been a long, a long, but yet freeing. It sounds as you're talking about it, you're so solidly um, convicted this is where the Lord has called this church as an expression of the gospel of Christ. And we won't waver from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's beautiful because we do need more of that in the Christian community. So I'm grateful that you're doing that work. Thank you, Jody. I appreciate that. You talked a little bit about just, you know, maintaining space for God through your morning time Tell us a little bit more about, because you lead such a busy life, parent of two young children, leading a church. Um, I know you do work in the community. uh, So you have a very full plate. So what are some ways that you maintain space for God as that first priority in your life? Yeah, um, I'm a very routine person. um, And so I've got to have, got to have my process is in place, um, just to keep me healthy. Um, and so, um, in the mornings I I try to start my day with, um, um, with just prayer, even, you know, even before I get out of times, I'll get out of bed, get my tea and, 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 and have that time. But I've, I've used, I've been using this, this app that has been so healthy and just so encouraging for me. And it's just called one minute pause. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. it goes from, you know, you do the one minute, it builds up to five minutes and up to 10 minutes and up to 15 minutes. And you can kind of balance that however um, you want to. But it's a, a great, a great app that um, just takes me through this time of meditation. It's where I, I get that. Um, I give everyone and everything to you. Um, but it just just leads me through this, this beautiful, these beautiful meditations, these reminders that that helped me to start my day off in a healthy way, but also carry that into the rest of my day. So I've got a couple of small reminders throughout the day to pause and to have that 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 moment of of meditation and, and prayer. Um, and so that's mm-hmm. that's one thing that's been very helpful for me. But but even like this, when I'm in my office, um, lighting incense and the the smell. Um, I don't know. It just for some reason, you know, to know that frankincense was the incense that was burned, you know, in the temple and just the beauty of that. Um, I don't know. It just it puts me in a different place and allows me to it just gives me helps to remind me of prayer. And um, in those moments throughout my day, um, you know, just just even seeing the incense and, and pray, you know, pausing to pray um, has been 
has been just a real a blessing to me. It's been a, a real blessing to me. Those are all great um, tools that hopefully our listeners can put in their toolboxes and just another way that you can create space for God in your life. Well, Trey, I'm sad to say that our time is up, but um, I would love to just point people to where they could maybe listen to your sermons, or even if they're in the area, they could go check out the Well Church. So how would they do that? Um, well, our church is, is located in Keller. It's, uh, we just bought a brand new building. It's in the middle of, in the heart of Keller. It's an old town Keller. If you want to come to the church, feel free to, but also our website, uh, www.thewellchurchkeller.org. Um, is a way to watch sermons. It's a way to get connected, to learn about what we have going on. Perfect. Again, Trey, it was truly delightful to have you on the podcast. So fun um, just to hear what the Lord is leading and doing in your life. Well, I also just want to thank you all again for joining Trey and I today on So Much More, because we do believe that Jesus has so much more to say to us. And this is just one way that we're creating space to listen. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air. They're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.